Hey everybody, my name is Brooke and I sobered up August 2nd, 2016. Hi friends, my name is Suzanne and I sobered up December 19th, 1991. Together we got a lot of sobriety and we host Seek Purpose, the podcast. Every Monday on the podcast, we will bring you fresh stories of how our guests are finding purpose in their recovery journeys. Stop scrolling, start listening, and join the community. Head over to facebook.com slash seekpurposenow and instagram.com slash seekpurposenow to get involved. We can't wait to hear from you. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we want to help end the stigma by donating $1 of every Seek Apparel sale to anxietycanada.org. I am anxious and owning it. You are enough. And for sure, it's okay not to be okay. Because you're worthy as F. (laughs) These are all t-shirts now available on seekapparelnow.com. Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And we are the founders of seekpurposenow.com. Seek Purpose is a community platform where we can come together and share and grow through our stories, struggles, and victories. Today's podcast is talking about unraveling the root of our traumas in recovery. Mm-hmm. That is a big topic. Big topic. That there's no one better to talk about it than Amy from Thrive in Recovery. Hmm. Just stop scrolling and start listening, will you? Hey, everybody. I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And this is Seek Purpose, the podcast. We are so excited to introduce our live guest from out of town today, our first time recording an out of town guest. Her name's Amy, and I'll let you introduce yourself for all our listeners that don't know who you are. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's so, it's a delight to be here. And I love seeing your happy, smiling faces on the other side of this. (laughs) And I love that we get to do this from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So hi, y'all. My name is Amy Guerrero, and I am a trauma-informed recovery life coach. I live in a small little town outside of Los Angeles called Topanga Canyon, Mm. and um, I've been in California for a long time, and I'm just, I'm so happy to be here because purpose is my favorite subject. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's what we're finding, hey? Yeah. (laughs) So inspiring how we've all had just such a place of brokenness and darkness, and you know, in those moments, we're so hopeless, and yet there's so many out there that, like yourself and us, Mm -hmm. that have come through the other side to be able to share those journeys Mm -hmm. and finding, you know, our purpose, and that's why we're excited to get get to know you mm-hmm. and your story. And it's really cool how we have this new media to be able to share our stories like this and open up. And that's actually how I met Amy was I was watching her go live on Instagram and Mm -hmm. I just loved your message and I loved what you had to share. And uh, we're so glad to have you here. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. It's so cool. And that connection happened so fast with us. And we were just like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Let's get into it. Why don't you share your story with our listeners of um, what life was like before sobriety and then what kind of brought you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So life before sobriety was actually not bad. I'm going to tell you, I've been a, I've been seeking my whole life. Um, I had a lot of trauma growing up and I knew that things were different for me and that I was processing it different. So I, I knew very young that like, "Mm, I don't really think or feel like the rest of my family. I seem to be a little bit more sensitive they seem to be able to tolerate and move past things in a way that I'm unable to. And I, of course, you know, you're, you're, you are where you are when you're little. And so it's like, okay, just deal with what you have. So with that, I created a lot of resilience 
and I learned to escape my feelings by working really hard. Mm-hmm. So I started my first business in high school. I was like the a, a manager at a Sonic, you know, in high school. I was just I learned how to make a lot of money, how to how to kind of feel like I had purpose, although it was outside of me, mm-hmm. and stay really busy, not feeling my feelings. And I started drinking in, um, gosh, really young. I grew up in Texas. So I, I did find alcohol and drugs younger and, and they worked, you know, it was mm-hmm. the easy button to not feel my feelings. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I did the things, I did all of the things <laughs> that like any, any teenager did, any high school kid did. I might've done them a little bit harder, but I also recovered really fast because mm-hmm. I was resilient, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it just worked out for me. So my whole life, I kind of got by as a high functioning, super high functioning person who used alcohol and drugs as my coping mechanism. But I also found yoga over 20 years ago. And I also found meditation over 20 years ago. And so I was the girl who would, you know, have cocaine around my nose (laughs) and show up literally to teach yoga. Uh, that's cute. <laughs> the new fad. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me yeah. just powder my nose for my yoga class. <laughs> yeah. And teach yoga. Mm. You know, I mean, I would stay up all night and I thought it was okay because mm. I I was functioning. You know, everything was working out. Well, I mean, my whole life story is kind of like that. I would I, I knew that something was really not settled within me something was really missing. I learned how to seek it outside of myself instead of inside from my, from within. And I just thought like, Oh, I'm just going to live like this forever. Mm-hmm. Well, then around 37, I got this idea. I will never forget my, uh, I was working with a healer at the time and I was with a man that we were contemplating like where our relationship's going. He was really supporting us. It was, it was like, we, we used a lot together. We had a lot of fun together <laughs> and it was like, Amy, you got to decide if you want kids or not before, way before 40. So start going on the journey now. And as a process, part of that process, I was like, I'm going to heal all my trauma mm-hmm. before I turn 40. And so I literally like wrote that down and was like, okay, these are all the things that I have to do to heal before I'm 40. So I, I skate into my forties, like awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, about three months into this journey, I started just I don't even know it's just like things clicked and all of a sudden all I could do was cope with alcohol Mm -hmm. and I woke up one day just like physically dependent on it and totally confused so you kind of found it progressed you kind of found that it progressed I do do you would you classify yourself or call yourself an alcoholic or do you believe in the disease of alcoholism or is your concept more that you chose alcohol and drugs to um, sedate your emotions. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I believe in a lot of things, my concept for me, and, and especially because I come from the trauma informed lens is that I created a pattern to survive Mm -hmm. and the pattern included coping outside of myself. And I, I used alcohol, I used drugs, I used men, I used distraction, I used busyness, I used dark chocolate sometimes today <laughs> you know, I mean, shopping yeah. Yeah. television so, food <laughs> exactly yeah I'm pretty good about not television but you know every once in a while I'm like I had way too much dark chocolate because I didn't want to feel something mm-hmm. I was avoiding feeling a feeling mm-hmm. so yeah um when I woke up dependent on it I was totally confused and scared 
and called some friends and was like, um, I think I need a, I researched how to do an at-home detox because I was a doer. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know how to fix this. You know, I have a lot of emotions. I'm trying to heal my trauma. I just met my birth mom. I'm doing all these things. So my friend, I lived in San Francisco at the time. My friends drove from Los Angeles. My dad came in. I was like, we're just do a little detox. I'll be fine. <laughs> well, that worked out. I, de I did detox on my own only to find out that, you know, it's real. The phenomenon of craving is real. And I still didn't have anyone to support me to really get to the root cause of my trauma. Mm. And when I would go into, um, th that started like two years of me trying to kill myself. Mm. Because I, I had a really hard time with the, the masculine energy and the concepts behind um, addiction and recovery. You know, it was just like, you are wrong, you are bad, you are broken, is what I kept hearing. And I was like, I've got trauma, and no one's really holding the space for me to process this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, you, you have to admit you're an alcoholic, and you got to do this. I'm like, fine, I'll do that. So I like rocked the 12 steps. I rocked the smart recovery. I did all the things. I had sponsors. I had you know, mentors, I had all the stuff, but still none of them were qualified to help me get to the root cause. So when things would get really raunchy again, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to die because mm -hmm. it really clearly no one can help me. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I had this very black and white thinking at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got here, which is an amazing journey because what I realized on my journey was that something didn't exist that I, that I really needed. It was really hard to find. And I had to gather bits and pieces of all these different modalities to find my, my own path of purpose, mm -hmm. which was inside me. I just needed some guides to help me along the road to go like, Amy, come this way. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Just keep coming this way mm -hmm. and listen and learn to listen to yourself really, truly learn to listen to yourself and trust yourself. And, um, you know, I would say definitely my whole life, no one taught me to trust what I know. Mm -hmm. I think it's so and it's so interesting when so many people, you, your story is is so similar to the listeners that are out there that are in recovery and they come in and you're so broken. So it's so easy to actually fix the first thing, which is usually the drugs and alcohol, which usually take us out the hardest and the fastest. And then once that's all kind of, you know, out of our systems and we're living and we're able to get back on our feet, um, then all of a sudden all these other things come up and the trauma does come up. And so many, um, I know from my own experience, I've been in recovery many years and, you know, people are like, I've been two years clean and I'm like, I'm still freaking bawling in the, in, in the parking lot as I'm picking up my kids, what's going on? Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're unthawing and, you know, and so often people don't talk enough about those periods of times that we really need it's not just a quick fix you really need to get involved and dig in and get outside help and really open up your window like you're saying with using different um, aspects of available recovery to treat trauma and and knowing that what you're doing with women and men I'm guessing like families mm -hmm. um, is really why I'm so excited about having you here mm -hmm. because it is important that we talk about what happens after we stop drinking and drugging and all that shit comes up, right? Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to say shit? I think so. I just did. It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But anyways, yeah. I really resonated with it. You're talking about how you're kind of, you don't trust yourself when you come in, when you're a recovering alcoholic addict. It's like, all my ideas suck. Like it got me over there and I don't want to go there ever again. So I'm not going to listen to my own brain, trust myself and like someone else take the wheel. And, you know, you're just looking outside of you again 
for mm-hmm. all the answers. And like I'm putting, I, I personally put all of my fate in someone else's hands and just like, okay, you tell me what to do. Cause I don't know what to do. And I'm just going to follow you. But people, I can't put anyone on a pedestal because all of us are flawed and people are people and no one has my experience and what I went through and doesn't have the exact right answer for me. And I can't put that pressure on another human being. (laughs) Like it cannot come from them. So that's for me, I have to like connect to the higher power and spirituality and really explore that and learn to trust that I can, um, I know that voice that's Mm -hmm. good because I also have the bad voice. That's like, just sit down and have pizza and watch Netflix for three days. <laughs> and from my lens, it's like, that's just a pattern that's kept you alive. Mm-hmm. And it it's, it's the dominant pattern. It's the pattern that has a more, a, a paved way. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're on a hiking trail, then, you know, you know, which way to go because that trail has been paved, but sometimes you want to go off because there's a better view of the ocean over there. And, and you can see it and you know, people have gone down it, but you don't have the lived experience of going down it. Mm-hmm. So you stay on that other path and pizza and Netflix <laughs> is a path uh, and, and it creates a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. And it creates that, um, you know, our nervous system is designed to, to go up and down a ladder and it creates that comfortable ladder of what we call dorsal or just like mm, freeze. Like, okay, I, I'm not feeling anything right now. I feel pretty good and stationary. However, I'm not getting to my goal. And how do we learn how to practice emotional flexibility while choosing to live a conscious, sober lifestyle? You know, that's really what I support people to take their life to the next level. And I love what you shared that you've been in recovery for a while and, and you hear stories. And so many of the people that I work with have been sober for over 10 years, sometimes longer and and haven't ever been invited to trust themselves Mm -hmm. and felt supported to trust themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to fight and argue and advocate for myself at treatment centers because they were, they kind of didn't know what to do with me. They were like, wow, you really know a lot, but you're not doing it our way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. I mean, the last treatment center I went to, I literally was so drunk. I blew off the thing and I had all these notebooks and I dropped them on the desk and I was like, you have to let me do it my way. Like after I detox, like, please support me to be able to, to do my food program, to do all of these things that I know that work. And they were really cool. And they, you know, I had to gain their trust, of course, but I mean, I spent 30 days there writing a lot of what I get to share Mm. now. I mean, every time I went to treatment, I was like, okay, I'm going to re I'm going to start putting this together, this way of life together so that eventually I can share it with other people mm. when, when I can do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you, when did you get to the point that you were doing it for yourself? Like how long have you been in, in, in uh, so clean and sober, so to speak in the, yeah. in the recovery I, community? I started in the recovery community. Well, a long time ago, because recovering from abandonment and trauma and all of that has been a big part of my story. So mm-hmm. I've been going to some kind of support meetings for a long time, mm-hmm. like since I can remember high school, college, I was already seeking, like, I need some help around here. Mm-hmm. And I chose to, to, well, I didn't really choose the first time. Um, in 2014 was the first time that I detoxed myself and then started attending 12 step groups and um, treatment centers after that. Mm-hmm. And in June of 2016 is when the last time I tried to kill myself 
and then was like, okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. This is it. I'm going to figure this out come what may, because there was no reason for me to have lived through the things that I lived through. Like I Mm -hmm. took the perfect amount of everything. Mm -hmm. The ER doctors would be like, "Mm, we're not sure how you're still alive. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, dang it. I got to (laughs) live like I've never lived before Mm -hmm. if I'm not going to die. And I mean, that was really my mentality not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you balance still, um, like if you come to a place that you still use your support meetings, but you also, you know, like we don't just have a, have, eat meat we have actually I don't eat meat at all I'm a vegan but (laughs) like when you grab your dinner plate so to speak and you have a variety you got to get your grains and you got to get your dairy you've got to get all of those things to make it a nourishing meal I kind of look at recovery for my own self in that same aspect you know like you have your support meetings but then some people choose to go to church or they'll go to yoga or they'll have like a little bit of everything that you're actually so you're able to kind of deal with recovery as a whole is that kind of what you're doing today for yourself or what you're um teaching you know, others yeah well I mean that's or is it question. one or the other kind of no there's no I don't believe in black and white thinking at all because that's a that's a trauma response yeah mm-hmm. you know I mean whenever I come up against black and white thinking I'm like oh you know I have amazing mentors that I work with on a regular basis that support me in many ways. And because I, I mean, I, I don't um, ever get consumed with the idea that like having a drink would be a good idea or having some drugs would be a good idea. I'm, I'm, I go right for the root cause of like, Amy, what's really, what you feel unworthy right now, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, for myself am very careful as to what I consume in all areas of my life. So I I go to whatever I need and I believe it's integration. So ultimately what, what everything that you talk about in your podcast as well, for me, purpose does not live outside of me. Mm -hmm. I uh, purpose is not an action. Purpose is how I feel Mm -hmm. while I'm doing life Mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I need a little bit of this and a little bit of that and healthy co-regulation with these kind of people and this and that. And hmm, I'm not really sure at all what I need today. Let me go within and ask myself, you know, and then go get curious and test it out because I don't really know sometimes. I've been, you know, um, doing a different kind of exercise program to really build a lot of lean muscle. And it's definitely put me on a journey of seeking and understanding because you know, every week as a woman, we have our hormones at a different level. Mm-hmm. And the week that my hormones are where there's a lot of estrogen, you know, this, <laughs> then um, I'm like, how do I eat properly to continue to maintain the strength that I've built? But, you know, so it's like, it's always a journey. There's no destination, mm-hmm. you know, okay, increase this kind of fat. Then I developed a little bit of an allergy towards nuts. And so now I'm like, ah, so the thing that I really want people to hear from that question that you asked me is that it's a journey. Mm-hmm. There is no destination and you get to, what I always say is take what you want, mm-hmm. leave what you don't come back for more later mm-hmm. because from that different new place that I'm at, I'm like, Oh, I need something different now. Mm-hmm. You know, almond butter doesn't work for me anymore. I'm trying watermelon seed 
butter. <laughs> is that the, that is that the new thing? What? Watermelon seed butter? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's really good, too. Oh, so coconut coconut is coconut oil and butter or whatever is gone now. Is that like... I don't think the, coconut oil butter was a thing. Well, well coconut... <laughs> no, but coconut... MTC oil? No, but I love co- the coconut uh, oil stuff that you get in, from Costco. Oh, no, it's cool yeah. Put it on the toast. It's yeah. still better than butter. Oh, yeah. What's that called? But like peanut butter, I think, is what you're talking about, right? Like a oh. nut butter. Well, I just developed a nut. I mean, here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. We're always changing. Yeah. All of a yeah. sudden, because I overdid it on nuts when I first started this new um, program last, just in December, when yeah. is it March now? So my body just developed a sensitivity to almonds. Mm-hmm. And I ate a lot of almonds. And now I'm like, oh, I can't eat almonds or I break out with something right here. <laughs> so it's a journey, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, discovering I call it a discovery process I'm discovering mm-hmm. something about myself and then I'm discovering something new about myself <laughs> I love that so much it's it your mind continues to stay open yeah I mean I think oh, that's yeah, I think that's the most important you know mm-hmm. like yeah if, if we get into a recovery walk and we shut the door so to speak and live in this box then you know, eventually you're going to go nuts in that box <laughs> because, you know, as you say, we are in a journey. Things happen. All of a sudden you're a parent. Next thing you know, you're a parent of a teenager. Next thing you know, your kids are leaving and you're going crazy. <laughs> then your hormones are going like there's always something that we're we're doing. So we got to keep the box open to mm-hmm. allow what, you know, what what you need to heal and continue to heal mm-hmm. um, on your journey. Yeah, I actually just got um I've been dealing with a naturopath to try and figure out what's going on with me because I've been seeing all these doctors. I just had a baby and I'm like, everyone's telling me I'm postpartum depression, but it's only lasting like five days to 10 days. And then I feel fine. So I don't want to go on meds for that. And what does that mean for recovery? Like I have all these things going on. So I've been seeing a naturopath and then we've like kind of looked at it and and she's really thinking I have PMDD, which um, me. What does that stand for? I, I, I forget. <laughs> Do you know what PMDD is, Amy? <laughs> have you heard of that I before? I, I want to hear it from you though. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, uh, how, pre-menst- how do you respond to it? Premenstrual deforc disorder. So I just like get into like super depression, real anxiety attacks. And I kept thinking like, shit, I'm not doing my recovery hard enough. I'm not going to enough meetings. I'm not doing this enough. I'm not like praying enough or meditating enough or like there's something wrong that I'm not doing that I need to be doing to fix me. And that stuff does help. But there was also this other factor to it that now I've got some answers to. And so, yeah, I'm doing like an estrogen cleanse diet, lots of healthy fats, taking progesterone. And like, I don't know yet because I'm still in the same cycle, (laughs) but I'm feeling a lot better now. Um, So we'll see what happens next time it comes around. But it's just like so important, I feel like, to get to just keep getting answers, like going and like I, I needed to know that. And I need to learn how to take care of myself properly with my mind, body, and spirit. And all of that's important to my recovery, I find. Yeah. And to that little human that you get to raise. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're going to be able to give, that we get to pass this on and say like, you know, this wasn't available to me and now this is available to you. Mm-hmm. And, and what the invitation that has come to you through this process is going inward and going on a discovery process of no need to label it anything Mm -hmm. because PMDD is something that gynecologists got really confused and they're like, okay, let's make up another thing. (laughs) (laughs) We're so, we're so quick to diagnose. We're so quick Mm -hmm. to put people down a pathway. Mm -hmm. And what I really hear from you is that you're like, Hmm, I feel better eating like this. Mm -hmm. What else? 
instead of that first part that came for you. And this is exactly what I do with the people that I support. That first part that came to you is I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing enough. I'm not meditating enough. I'm like, you can't freaking meditate biology away. <laughs> you can't fucking, so, oh, sorry. No, it's, it's, good. Good. it's not good. <laughs> you can't pray anxiety away. Mm -hmm. It is a nervous system response. And so when people are like, oh, you're not praying enough. I'm like, no, they're having a physical response that no one has taught them how to regulate. Mm -hmm. And when we learn to regulate at this high level and go, you know what? I don't, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't like feeling this way for 10 days a month. Mm -hmm. So I want to feel different. And what am I willing to explore in order to feel different mm -hmm. for those 10 days? No one feels perfect all the time, mm -hmm. but can you ride the waves of your emotions mm -hmm. and go, I know where home base is. I know how to get back to what feels good to me. And that's going to be different all the time. Are we're so, you know, conditioned to judge ourselves mm -hmm. to what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm not doing enough, but that's a very masculine approach to it. The feminine approach is, Hmm, let me add some avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I put this coconut on my toast instead of butter? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's much more gently, gentle and loving and kind to yourself. Mm. And maybe, you know, for me, it was like, that wasn't taught to me to slow down, to get curious, to come into that. It was mm. like, I mean, I had a business when I was 16. <laughs> people, <laughs> you know? What kind of business did you have? I was helping people refinance their homes. At 16. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's funny how it all started because at Sonic because I was so I was such a good car hop at Sonic <laughs> <laughs> that people recruited me all the time and I was like sure my dad was like I think he's trying to molest you it he wasn't <laughs> he was a really good guy and I learned a lot it's cool <laughs> we're, we're hustled at a young age 11 years old I was babysitting and or maybe it was 11 and a half 12 babysitting and and I got so popular and I think by the time I was 13 I was like uh hiring out all my friends so I was like the bookie <laughs> And they'd hire me, of course, as they wanted me, but they didn't know that they were going to pick up Sarah, right? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. And would you take a part of their profit? Uh, oh, of course. damn right I did. Girl, like yes. the babysitter entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You betcha. Like the, so. the babysitter madam. Or That's right. Yeah. I should have done a brothel. Dang it. Yeah. Anyways. Next life. <laughs> Next life. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Uh, you still got a lot of life. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about um your systematic therapy so a lot of this lingo is coming around in the in, in the recovery community and uh you know and we just had somebody on um live this week doing sound bath and we had quite a few views because I think people are just like what is that mm -hmm. we've heard about it so tell us a little bit about what does that look like if someone came to you and said you know, I, I, I want to use your services, what would they expect? And what's the process? Yeah, so well, every I truly believe that every body is a unique body. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, the process for the people that I support is really a lot of individual because like you said, at the beginning, my your history is unique. Mm -hmm. Now are the modalities pretty similar? Yes. But the first thing that we do together is really get great context of all of the things that have happened in, in the lifetime 
of whomever in the whole lifetime. And then in the, in the generations before that as well. And what the way that I like to put it is that we, we form little anchors of like, Oh, well that happened when you were three without reliving it. Cause we're not, I'm not interested in processing trauma in that way. I'm what I'm interested in taking action to get through it, to learn a new way to develop a new pattern. So when we get all those anchors laid, then I can, we together, cause I, I guide someone back to themselves, hmm. right? Like the answers are within you hmm. intuitively, you know, and if you're taught not to trust yourself when you're little, and then you're also because of your family of origin taught not to trust others. Cause you see a lot of fighting, maybe some substance misuse, some physical trauma, some emotional trauma. You're like, I can't really trust others and I can't trust myself. So what the hell do I do? Mm. So, so much of the process that I take people through is just really learning to trust what you know and providing the safest of safest containers to really explore that. And it's so beautiful because in less than three months, what I watch people do, you know, it's mind blowing Mm. because for the first time they truly feel seen, heard and felt for them, not only by someone, but for themselves, they go and take care of the little girl, little boy, little person inside of them that didn't get their needs met. Mm -hmm. And really learning a lot of the learning that we do in this systematic process, but it's not a system because humans aren't systems. Mm. You know, like we try things and then we're like, oh, Mm, that's I'll, I'll be able to tell very quickly what's going to work for their nervous system and what isn't. And I'm like, well, we're not going to do that because of the complex trauma that someone's had, you know, like for me being immobilized for too long is not safe for me. So meditating silent retreats are not my jam. Cause I, I like to be moving. I need to know that I can move so I can get away. I always know where all the exits are. You know, I'm very uh, hypervigilant. It, it would mm. be diagnosed or, you know, but that's not how I see it. Like whatever. So the process that I take people on is really coming home to themselves and learning to trust themselves and, and drop some of the labels and drop some of that judgment so that it can be met with a new rewired way of thinking of like, Oh, that's my pattern. Mm. Of course I do that it makes a lot of sense. Now, I remember earlier, I want to go down that new pathway. I want to go see the ocean and I trust myself enough to go there Mm -hmm. and know that I'm going to be safe. And if I start to feel unsafe, I know what to do to regulate myself back to safety. Mm. And at the end of the day, the nervous system is just designed to keep us alive. Mm -hmm. And so it's been reactive, right? Like, oh gosh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Dark chocolate. I don't feel good. Netflix. I don't feel good. Call somebody, get on Instagram, do this, do that. And it's like, oh wait, I don't feel good. I wonder why, Mm. you know? And then one question I ask myself, especially around these full moon slash Mercury retrograde slash (laughs) coronavirus slash all the shit that's going on in the world times is like, is this my energy or is this the collective energy? Mm. And like, that's why something like a sound bath is such a great, I, I use sound baths all the time. You know, it helps move energy that wasn't mine usually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I use all kinds of things. So um, I give lots of different tips and tricks and things. And it's really learning to let yourself off the hook because it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. You didn't learn these things growing up. 
So when someone, uh, you do obviously re- remote work with, with individuals that can mm-hmm. contact you through, uh, thrive and recovery, correct. And, yeah. uh, so it would be, uh, almost like a, a Skype situation. Would you have, um, like, what does that look like? They call in and they be able to speak to you and they just go, hi, <laughs> <laughs> all nervous. And, you know, you kind of start that process with them that way. Um, and you kind of take time to get to know them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful, thank you so much for taking me there because Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful question. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think it'll help everyone understand this as well. So, so much of what we do now is online. So we meet on zoom Mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, before I start working with someone on the the, the really deep work with the one-on-one work that I do, we do, we meet and we get to know one another and we feel like, yes, this is the right person. And I, I don't make offers or, you know, put it out there unless I really feel connected. Like this is going to be something that really supports you Mm -hmm. and you're ready for this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then every week we meet just like this. And it's so cool because I'm able to see their bodies and understand them. And then you're in the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. So I know everyone's pet (laughs) and I know their family because they'll come and say hi. Like, thank you so much. My mom is my, like, I've never been happier with her. Mm Or the partners come in and say, like, I just wanted to come meet you because I got my partner back. Mm. Thanks. You. Thank you. Mm. Um, and, and it's so cool when you're in your own home, your nervous system can relax at, a, at another level mm-hmm. just because you're home. Mm-hmm. And you know that you're going to be able to get off and like be right there in all of the activating situations. And then in between time, I provide a high level of support as well. So it's not just once a week. They have access to me um, with a walkie-talkie service. So if something comes up and so much of the work is done then because mm. it's like, uh, Amy, I'm at the grocery store and this is happening and you know my partner just did this or my kids just did that or my dog's driving me crazy, you know, whatever. I mean, it's usually, <laughs> you know, it, and sometimes it's just talking through something. Wow, I had a, an old remembrance and we get to talk through it on walkie-talkie and really have huge, 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 massive, massive, like exponential sometimes. I'm just like, look what happened in three minutes on a walkie talkie (laughs) that you were in therapy for, for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we just unclicked it right there. And why? Because the nervous system felt safe because we've cultivated a container of safety together. It's beautiful. It's Mm. really amazing. So I noticed you had a new um, workshop out for sober relationships. Can you talk a little bit about that and tell us how you got into that? Why does that interest you to help people with their relationships and sobriety? Oh, thank you so much. Great question. And I'm so excited. I, you know, it's funny because you start on a journey and then you realize like, oh my gosh, this is where, this is where I, where I do my best work. Mm -hmm. And everybody that I was supporting was, I ended up where it was all relationship stuff, mm. everything. And it's so funny because I just put this together. I studied interpersonal communication in college and was getting my master's in, um, back then they called it male-female communication. They would never call it that now, but just communication in relationships. And so I've been studying this. I mean, I'm 45 years old now. So it's like, it was just where I belonged. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm really supporting people to have healthy, thriving relationships in all areas of their life. Mm-hmm. You found your purpose. But I found a really great thing where people 
like want to talk about their relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, it's what we live for, Mm -hmm. you know, and not just your romantic relationships, but all your relationships in your life with your daughter. And, you know, just when things come up and life happens, life is lifey. You just had a new little person in the (laughs) world, like that you made inside of you. It's so cool. And all your relationships change because of that. And so, you know, what I've learned is that if we didn't learn these skills growing up and we coped with our feelings with drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. or sugar or food or sex or gambling or whatever behavioral thing was going on, then you go to have relationships without all that stuff. And you're like, I don't know what to do. And I just repeat the same patterns over and over and over again. And I find myself in this loop and I find myself settling for things. Mm -hmm. Or as someone said to me, just like, you know, scraping up the crumbs. And I'm like, no one wants to live like that. Like if we don't get to have wine and marijuana and all the things to escape yourself, you want to have some healthy, thriving relationships in your life. Mm -hmm. And that brings a lot of dopamine hits and a lot of fun. (laughs) So when when you work with the relationships and they start getting to that place of, um, you know, you're creating yourself um, an understanding and knowing as far as what's going on oh I'm feeling this and you know there's no drugs and alcohol involved but now all of a sudden we've kind of figured out our patterns so does that mean they can drink again (laughs) which many people are listening out there I don't know about you but when I first came in I was real young as far as getting into recovery and sobriety and I was always looking for okay so if I go and do this does that mean that I can drink again? Because that was always in my head to want to be able to somehow fix everything and figure things out so I can eventually drink and drug again uh, in a safe, moderated way. Mm, that's a great question. Um, no, I don't run into that. I mean, I, you know, I, I find that the people, once you start really living on purpose and feeling good all the time, you know, it's not common to want to start to try to safely put really poison in your body again, Mm -hmm. because that's just going to screw up everything that you did. So, I mean, I don't work with people that are super early in recovery. Usually I should definitely put that, you know, just let you know that. So if someone's Mm -hmm. just like, depending on who they are and what they, what their lived experiences and their trauma has been, Mm -hmm. it's likely that if someone's still heavy into that, um, heavy coping mechanism and still has the physical manifestation of it alive in their body, then that's not going to be the best fit for me. Cause you know, we're going to go do deep trauma work and stuff's going to come up and they're going to want to have higher level coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you said that. Cause that mm-hmm. is really, really important. I know that, um, you know, so many people do come in and they want like I was saying myself, like I want everything fixed now. I mean, I'm impatient, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just want to get to the to the next level. And it is really important that you um, voice that. I appreciate that because um, it is very, from my own trauma walk and getting into the real hurts of my past and, and what really made my cycle start, <laughs> where it was rooted at, uh, took a long time to heal, right? And to recognize and to understand in everyday situations of what was going on. Uh, many years of sobriety that that took to get me to those places. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. It's really mm-hmm. important. So if you're out yeah. there and you're new, this is something oh. to really look forward to. Because again, a lot of our listeners are uh, people who are in recovery for a few years, as I said earlier in, yeah. the, in the podcast that, you know, all of a sudden they're a couple years, three, four, five, ten years going, oh my God, I want to blow my brains out. I'm ending up in the psych ward still. Like what's going on? 
you know, this is this is something that we really want to encourage you to reach out on, uh, you know, like for places like yourself at Thrive and Recovery that you can contact that can really get into the root of those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so important. I feel like uh, we're so supported in new sobriety and there's so many resources like treatment like you went to and uh, different detoxes and all that kind of stuff. But stuff comes up in sobriety after yeah. you've done the initial Amen. Like, <laughs> white knuckling one day at a time, getting through and then you're just like kind of left to live. Mm-hmm. And I noticed like all these things I thought were alcohol's fault kept showing up in sobriety. And I was like, shit, I am just a crap person. <laughs> like, but I did like I eventually have worked through some of that stuff. I've healed a lot of it. I mm-hmm. mean, there's still lots of work to do, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy how much I thought like once I took alcohol away, I was just going to be perfect. Like nothing could be wrong then. And I'm just going to change magically and be like a responsible member of society, even though I have absolutely no skills or any sort of mentorship. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing is skills and mentorship, Mm -hmm. you know, that you never really, no one even gave you an idea that you might need in your life, Mm -hmm. like figure it out. And of course, if you're coping with things outside of you, which every human is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know, something that's so beautiful about when we get to the root and we can really learn, um, what the nervous system is doing. And we really just tune into that. It doesn't have to take years. You know, I mean, I watch people transform in and I watch myself do it, you know, like I'll see myself in a, in a trauma pattern. And I'm like, Oh, wait, hold on. I know who to call, like go to my mentor. This is happening. And sometimes it's like less than a day that I've processed and come out the other side. And because you start to learn the process and how to take action around it. Mm -hmm. And that's, the tool that I like love to give people because I'm like you don't have to wait five years you don't have to wait 10 years like you can have these small things and just today um one of my clients was like oh my gosh you should have seen me regulate today (laughs) you know and he's been in the rooms for over 30 years and you know it's just so cool he's like I learned something about myself every day and I just never knew this was going to be possible and Mm -hmm. I'm like oh yeah I think it's different degrees, right? Like, you know, um, sometimes I have had, once you understand and you go through that trauma and you get to the root and you understand, it's like, "Uh uh-huh, check, check, yes, I know where I'm at. But sometimes it's really important uh, because I'd still have moments in my recovery that are back. Oh my gosh, here, here's this feeling again. It doesn't control me, but I realize that the important of just feeling it doesn't have to be dissected. It's like, here it is. I know the root of it. I know what's happening and nobody needs to fix me. I've already been fixed. Thank you very much. See you later. I just need to feel mm-hmm. right. And, and, and I think we need to talk more about that as well. Like you were saying, like I've gone 29 years sober, clean and sober, years of recovery, lots of trauma, healing, lots of workshops, all the, I continue to keep my, my box open, but some days I'm just fucking sad (laughs) or I'm scared and it's okay. Like it's, and, and I think like you were saying earlier, Amy, that so many of us just kind of don't give us ourselves permission to be able to experience what's going on around us. Like Mm -hmm. we just need to have, yeah, that. Mm. I just love what you shared. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, the, the less we dissect, you know, I mean, my process is like yours, you know, like, oh, I know what started it. I know where it start what happened. I know this, I know that. And now I just got to sit in it for mm-hmm. a little amount of time. And I'm not going to stop feeling it. That's what I signed up for as a conscious, sober woman. Mm-hmm. I signed up to feel my feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of feeling my feelings. Yeah. And anyone who ever <laughs> called me crazy 
or any of those things. Cause I'd look back at my childhood and I was a little redhead running around feeling my feelings. And everyone was like, don't feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Don't feel your feelings. Here's some Coca-Cola. Here's some sugar. Here's what are you crying for? Stop your crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those and now yeah. I will like stand here and all three of us, we can just do it right now. Like I signed up as a conscious sober woman to feel my feelings mm-hmm. and it is okay. I'm safe to do it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So what does conscious sobriety mean when you say, like, how is it different than sobriety sobriety? (laughs) For me, it's it's exactly what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. It's like I, when I escape myself in any way, I'm like, hey, guess what I did today? I mean, I tell on myself right Mm -hmm. away for the little things, Mm -hmm. you know, like I watched 30 minutes of Netflix because I was avoiding a feeling and I go to my mentor and I tell them you know, or when I have a thought, like, I'm not, I don't deserve to be heard. If I was having that thought, I would tell y'all, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so intimidated by you. If, and, and just say it right there in the moment, just get it out. Like really, truly being conscious of all of those little things, Mm -hmm. because there's so much better out than, and I've learned Mm -hmm. and getting to the root cause of all of these things provides so much consciousness, so much Mm -hmm. awareness, so much uh, um, so much curiosity to keep the box open mm-hmm. and to have fun with it and to go, Hmm, there's, there's all these trillions of microbiota that live inside me that are telling me things and running the show pretty much. Like, let me go pay attention to them and <laughs> be conscious of them. I mean, it all matters. Mm-hmm. It all matters. And, um, I think I had this idea that I was going to be, you know, conditioned again. And I was like, I don't want to be conditioned anymore. I want to choose. Mm. and that's what consciousness to me means mm. and I let everyone define it themselves I'm like whatever I don't care what you call it <laughs> <laughs> the journey the consciousness yeah. <laughs> I think we should make a shirt for you for that eh? yeah <laughs> okay. the yeah. journey to consciousness with it. thrive and recovery I love it it's so <laughs> awesome <laughs> actually when you're just talking about that it reminded me of when I was for a really really long time I'd never correct anybody if they got my name wrong or if they like said something or misheard me, I would just kind of let it go. And I'm just like, I don't want to correct them. I don't want to get into it, whatever. And I remember this girl I went to school with, she like corrected an adult because he did misheard her. And I looked at her and I'm like, how did you can just do that? Like, <laughs> it was so like mind blowing to me that she was just being honest and like how she was feeling and not trying to like people please, I guess it was, I don't know exactly, but yeah, it's crazy how all that shifts I find when you go into recovery and you find out who you are and you really get down to it and being like humbled and, you know, learning all these triggers and everything that comes, come in. And the way I'm able to communicate now is just so different. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could have said in the moment what was going on with me, like physically could not, or even have known what was going on with me before sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's a secure attachment with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all working towards. You know, the work I do is all about creating a secure attachment with the most important person in your life, which is you. The freedom of that. Just the, just the freedom, right? I mean, everybody's looking for freedom, (laughs) looking for, I mean, hopelessness, but like, where's the freedom of just being able to be me and not being able to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you apologizing for, Suzanne? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say sorry. I remember that was my big thing when I came in, everything was a sorry. It's like, oh my gosh. And then I would just crawl on my skin because how many times I would say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Not feeling good enough. That's all it was saying. Like, I'm not important enough. And today I am important. I don't need to apologize. I can take a compliment and say, 
thank you if someone says a, says I something nice like about compliments. me. And 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 that's that can be uncomfortable, right? Like I mean, it really can be difficult to get somebody saying something nice mm-hmm. to you because we don't feel we feel all those yuckies of that you know that uh, trauma that you know you help people deal with, right? That's important to tap into so you can have the freedom. Yeah, compliments and gifts are like yeah. the most awkward thing for me to get. <laughs> like, oh, even last time we were doing a live podcast and someone was like, oh, you have a really nice radio voice and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they probably all got together before this to like say that, you know, Brooke's kind of insecure and you should probably like pump her up just to make her feel good. And I didn't even like, I wouldn't even allow myself to just believe what they said. <laughs> Girl, I get it. And I have to tell you, like, that's so thank you so much for sharing that because I hear that so often. And I do that still Mm -hmm. like gifts, learning to receive. Remember, we were talking about the masculine energy earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, we the world is pretty masculine. Mm -hmm. And I always remind people, like even the men I work with, I'm like, be like the moon, like Mm -hmm. just receive the light. Mm -hmm. The moon just hangs out. And, you know, I mean, I, I still like my nervous system doesn't trust to receive sometimes I'm like, Ugh. or t- because I um, struggle, I don't like to be immobilized because that, that happened a lot when I was little. And, um, and so to stop and pause and celebrate, not easy for me, mm-hmm. you know, like I am by no means figured it all out. <laughs> like I still use my tools and go and ask for support. You know, I have a high level of mentorship because of exactly what you said. Like, I'm like, did they get together and decide that they were going to say that so that I would feel more comfortable? And I'm like, no. So, you know, and it's, it's not about stopping those things. It's about how fast can you interrupt them and repair them? Because they're not going to ever completely go away. Because with every new level, like you're a new mom, you're doing new things, you're on a podcast, you do have a great radio voice. (laughs) And you're like taking care of your daughter and doing all these new things in life. And you have, you know, new swag and all these cool things. Like we're always up leveling, we're always doing these new things. Mm -hmm. And my mentor teaches me like new level, new devil. Oh, wow. I like that. Isn't it? Yeah, because it's so true. It's like those root cause things will never completely go away because mm-hmm. they're part of your being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can get to a level of healing where you're like, oh, whoopsie, there I go, feeling that thing. And how fast can I repair it mm-hmm. and keep going? Oh, I really love that. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. This has been so uplifting yeah I feel like I just had a therapy session this yeah awesome. actually it's really incredible how things are because we did start this as we've said as a you know social experiment and um we didn't know where it was going it's just incredible how each thing is coming around and the more um we're having people getting involved here at Seek Purpose we're finding a lot of people are struggling in their you know years of recovery and they're still feeling dark and they're feeling lost and they're you know, all this stuff started coming up and, you know, and it's just incredible how you kind of came on board Mm -hmm. and we started doing some research in regards to what you're doing. And it's like, ah, now we can say, Hey, contact thrive and recovery. This is what this, you're ready. It's time. Cause a lot of times that's when things start coming. Uh, that's what I kind of got taught is Suzanne, maybe it's time, you know, if I'm finding I'm crying every minute and I'm, I'm like a walking Hallmark commercial, uh, that's, in my recovery, I've been sober a little while, a couple of years. My, I remember, I remember my sponsor at the time was like, you know, I think it's time for you to check out the counseling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's time. 
if you're finding that you're falling in those pits, whoever's listening out there and you just can't seem to grasp a good, solid um, freedom feeling and joy, then maybe it is time to really delve into getting into unraveling, as you say, the the root of the traumas, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool to have another person that we can offer to support our community. Yeah. And I just like, honestly, I love your energy. I love watching your lives and yeah, it's so cool. So where can our audience find you if they want to come and take a peek for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This has really been a lovely conversation and I feel so filled up from everything both of you shared as well. So first, I just want to thank you. You're welcome. Um, a great way to get to know me is um, I find that people want to see me moving around and doing my thing. So I have a lot of video on my Instagram page, on my Facebook page. I go live quite a bit. I go live on different channels and it's at thrive in recovery with Amy. Mm. And that's the best way to get to know me. And right there, you can schedule a call with me. You can come a little closer. I respond to uh, instant messages, direct messages, Facebook messages, you know, all of those things. If you're, if you're feeling that little, like, Oh gosh, I know that this is something I want to do. And I'm a little scared. Like, please know it is like, I will absolutely get back to you Mm. and come closer because that's how it starts. Mm -hmm. And then we can go from there and get to know me. You know, like I'm not, I I don't have any secrets at all. (laughs) So you can ask me anything and I will answer it. (laughs) Actually, it's funny because yesterday, or we had a a guest on our live. I don't know if you watched our live, but anyways, we had uh, uh, Sherry. Mm -hmm. And she, oh, what was her name of her company? Anyways, oh, she's going to kill me. I'm sorry, Sherry. Um, <laughs> she has these readings. Anyway, she did one beforehand and, and she's like, are you sure you want anybody here witnessing? And I said, oh yeah, Brooke can come and another, and, and Mel was here, our new producer. And uh, anyways, so <laughs> she does this reading and she's like, well, I just want to warn you, it might be a little personal. And I'm like, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And so I sat here and these two were like, especially yes. Brooke's like, oh, what's, what would you yeah. Suzanne got? <laughs> I was it's really disappointed. Up. She was disappointed. <laughs> I was like, really? I thought there's some stuff there. <laughs> yeah, it's not nearly any... embarrassing enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pretty. That's what happens. <laughs> been sober for a while. Thank goodness there is. Yeah. We never end because I obviously was crying. Yeah, I've been really enjoying. We're bringing on a lot of different kind of healers. Yeah. And- and different energies into here and different ways to connect to spirituality. And mm-hmm. it's been so cool to be on that journey. And I've found I really resonate with sound healing. I didn't even know it was a thing before. And then after that, like mini session she did here, I just felt so like, like my nervous system had calmed down and I just felt like aligned and connected and just like mm. myself, like I could kind of just like, ah. <laughs> and I didn't think that would be something I'd ever be into. So it's really cool. And then, I don't know, meeting you has just been amazing. I'm so glad you joined us here today. Yeah, yeah me too. And I just love what you said, because from that place where you didn't even have to do anything, mm-hmm. but lay there and let it happen, that's where the most growth happens. And mm-hmm. that's a great explanation of what I do is I provide the space for the nervous system to feel that good. Mm-hmm. So then we can take action from that place. Mm-hmm. Love it. What a great way to Bring it all home. Yeah. Home run. (laughs) All right. We have a couple of rapid questions before we wrap up and let you go for the evening. So Mm -hmm. uh, what would be your theme song? Oh, my goodness. The first thing that came to me was that fight song. (laughs) Yeah. I think because my dad likes that song so much. Yeah. (laughs) Ariana Grande, I think. Oh, that's right. Is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that I'm all right song. 
That's my yeah, life exactly. Song. Take back yeah. my life song. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. What Leona was Lewis, the... is it? No, I no, don't no, know. no. It's, it's Ariana. No, it's pretty, not. Isn't it? I don't yeah, think it's Ariana. Ariana Grande. There you I'm go. Pretty sure. Yeah. Producer Mel. Yeah, I think it's, it's Ariana. Ariana. Yeah, I think Fight it's Ariana. Fight song is Ariana Grande. I believe we have so. a producer on it. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Second question. And our second question is: What was the last book that you read? Oh, um, the what? last book I read was the. Stillness. Ryan, somebody's called Stillness. Mm. He's out of Austin. Oh gosh, I don't know. It's uh, it's by my bed right now. Oh, I keep reflecting back to it. The the power of stillness or something like that. Mm. What is yeah. your favorite book? Oh goodness, I don't know if I have a favorite book. I never prepare for these kind of things. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> let's see. The the my the favorite book that I read recently. You know what that I consistently go back to is um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Oh, I want to read I that really one. like how she put everything together there. And I just identify with her so much. And so if I need a little, I, I feel like I have her in my living room on demand with audibles. I'm like, Brene, give me some love, girl. <laughs> give me some love. So I do go back to that book often, Dare to Lead. Mm. Yeah, another sober uh, yeah. person living Kinda out their purpose and, yeah man I mm-hmm. love her and like boundaries all that kind of stuff I'm like I need all of it give it to me <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. absolutely so it's uh Rachel Platten is the singer of fight song oh, oh yes. okay now we have that yeah. thanks Mel yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> what is the next one question uh, what, rapid... uh what's your favorite movie oh yes oh almost famous almost That's famous easy. oh awesome <laughs> And yeah. last but not least, your favorite emoji. Oh, goodness. I think it's probably just the red heart. Yeah. It is. Just send some love. Easy. Yeah. I'm so old school. My friends send me black hearts and I'm like, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I think that's it. Or yeah. no, what are they, what are you letting go of? That's the last one is what are, what do you have to let go of? Oh, the it's so beautiful. Thank you for asking. It's a big year of that. Um, mm-hmm. My that I'm unworthy to receive and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I can use some of that one. Go yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Let's just let get it that off. one off. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time the water, here's, I'll give you all something I give to people. I like to take a bath rather than a shower, and when the water's going down the drain, it's circling. I'm always saying goodbye to it. You know, like bye bye unworthiness. Bye bye inability to receive and it goes down the drain and I'm like, okay, oh. another layer of it. I just let go down. I like yes, that. Me too. Wow. This has been a really awesome podcast. I feel like yes. there's so many great tips and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just so excited that you came on and that we Thank got connected. You. Yeah, Thank you. definitely. Thanks so much, Amy. Yeah. I love you. Thank you. Um, producer Mel in the background <laughs> as well. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Ominous voice in the background. Susanna and Brooke, it's so great to meet you and to mm-hmm. be with you. And I look forward to more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll definitely stay in touch. Definitely. This has really been incredible. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amy. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.